Hi, I'm Aline. I'm DJ. Welcome to our podcast regarding action. Each week, we have a chat about the weekend message, what stood out, why it matters, and how the gospel leads us to action. Aline, welcome back. Welcome back. From a, and I know podcast-wise, it's only been a week because we did the New Year's That's true. special, which was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but for us, we hadn't record. We haven't recorded for a couple of weeks, so yeah. we're back in the chair for um, for the first time. It seems like forever. <laughs> I know it does feel like forever. It's like dog years. I know. Uh, and maybe a lot of people didn't have a week off, so I'm, I'm grateful we did. But uh, can I share something fun? Ooh, please! That I experienced. <laughs> please bring the fun. So we watched Spider Man. Oh yeah, Spider Man. Have you guys seen it? Yes. I love right in the middle. So this is the fun part for me. Because I'd never seen Filipino culture displayed on the big screen, mm. like in in a like a billion dollar movie, right? So, yeah. uh, so it was fun when they were in that living room, and then I, I wasn't sure before if Ned was Filipino, but they definitely yeah they explained they it. Yeah, that out. they brought yeah. that out today or in that movie. So in in the spider the newest Spider Man movie. Spoiler uh, alert. This is definitely a spoiler. <laughs> if you don't want to hear about Spider-Man in the next five minutes, just scroll forward. We'll be done by then uh, in five minutes. But, okay, so this is the part of the movie where he's bringing all the Spideys in. Yeah. And in the room is Ned and Magdalene. Lola. And lo- I know, I know. Grandma noticed. was there and they called her Lola, they which did. means grandma in Tagalog. You know what's cool? Yeah. Is that I totally recognize, recognize that I when you, you when they said that, I was like, oh, BJ's going Yeah, I was so thrilled. And even before that, I knew it was a Filipino household because there was a shield there was a, uh, that depicted various weapons from mm-hmm. the Philippines. And I know so many Filipino families who had that same shield. That's cool. There was a giant wooden fork and spoon on the wall. Uh-huh. Same thing. S- Hey, that dec- decoration we from have, so many families. We have wooden forks and spoons yeah, on like, our walls in Chile, like too. Like three feet long? Yeah, like this big. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I don't know what... <laughs> it's just that we it's like to eat that a declaration of much. we love food <laughs> so much. Oh, man. If I go back to Chile, I'm bringing you back. Uh, if, oh, if it's man. the one thing I can fit in my suitcase. <laughs> it was great. We yeah. uh, So, I was just thrilled about that. And, no, to be able to, and then the dialogue with um, Lola... I could understand parts of it. I think, I'm sure it's Tagalog, but I, I just I haven't brushed up on my Tagalog mm-hmm. for a while. But he was basically talking to Ned like, hey, it's really messy in here. Just clean up after yourselves. I'm going to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. it was. I just thought it was cute too that they she talked to the... She talked to her grandson first. Yes. And let them take care of it. It was just let cute. Let them take care yeah. of it. And then one of them, I think it was Toby Maguire, said, thanks, Lola. Yeah. That's <laughs> cute. <laughs> Which in, you know, in the Filipino culture, automatically, like yeah. when I introduce you to my Lola, everybody should be calling Lola. her Lola. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You have been invited into the family and you can call, you can call my grandma your grandma. Yeah. Which is kind of fun, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that was a fun thing. Otherwise, I mean- the movie itself was really fun. Didn't meet my um, like, it didn't meet the level of Shang Chi in my mind in no, terms of my not, favorite Marvel yeah. movie, but very close. So that yeah. was a fun, that was a yeah. fun memory, yeah. a fun highlight for my vacation. Yeah, Shang Chi remains my favorite. Yes, still. mine too. It's just so pretty too, like yeah. just visually, just so stunning. And the dialogue and the action yeah, scenes. Yeah, it's uh, way more my so cool, so yeah, cool. My speed. Spider Man was fun for the nostalgia. Yeah, and if you're maybe sto- that's what it is. I don't have much nostalgia <laughs> yeah, when it, it comes to that's a big part of it. 
That's yeah. a big part. I mean, of it. like I enjoy them, and that's the thing. I've always enjoyed them. Like they're yeah, it's great. Yeah, cool. But then I forget them. Okay. Yeah. I uh, so if you're um, if you scrolled forward and are listening again, uh, we're still talking about Spider Man. So <laughs> spoiler keep, alert. Keep, keep on scrolling. <laughs> Just keep, give, give us a couple more minutes. So, but you know, uh, I never watched any of the Spider Mans with Andrew Garfield. But I watched oh, all the Tobey okay. Maguire's. I've seen all the all of them. You've seen all of them. Yeah. But for me, I I was raised on the comic books. Mm-hmm. So the Spider Verse idea, you know, that's been explored sure. in the comic books. Right. And, and so, um, but it was neat how they brought the Spider Man together and Spider Men yeah. together, I guess. And they were uh, to kind of have the same personality and tone, and like yeah. they just <laughs> like they're buddies. Yeah. They're like speaking to each other's hearts. The- like it's okay, man. <laughs> I know. I thought. Yeah. It was some some parts were hilarious. Like, oh, you're. You're like, because it wasn't one like the amazing Spider Man. Yes. And so he's like, you're so amazing. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah. That's good. I want to, uh, I need to watch it again. Yeah. But then they were making fun of Tobey Maguire because his webs actually came out of his hands. They're like, uh, so how does that work? Yeah. They were jealous. <laughs> they were so jealous. Like jealous or, or they were like creepy. Com- yeah, yeah. It's grotesque. Um, you know, it was, it was fun. Yeah, so the nostalgia there, and then you see some of the villains that you you hadn't seen mm-hmm. in ten years, right? So, yeah, actually, yeah, Willem Dafoe is pretty dude. He's bomb. still that got it. Yeah, he he does has it, and so good. Like the when he's evil, he's so evil. He's but so then good. when he was like afraid and bewildered, yeah, so good. He's a really good actor. Okay, my favorite part in the movie, yeah. was not anybody else's favorite part. Apparently, okay. in my in my family, <laughs> so I was like, hey guys, what's your favorite part? My favorite part is when current Spider-Man, whose name I forget, the, uh, the newest, yes. newest and latest model, shiny Tom model of something. Tom something. I want to call him the wrong last name because wait, I know wait, it's wait. not Hiddleston. Because that's no Tom Close. Hiddleston's the oh the yeah Loki Loki. Hey, who I'm I think gonna look he's at that cool. just because people will give us a hard time. Tom Tom Hardy. No, that's nope, another that, Tom. That's Venom. Tom Hanks. Nope. Nope. That's Tom uh, Cruise. Survivor. Nope. No, that's not nope. impossible. <laughs> Tom Spider Man Clancy. That's an author. Nope, that's an author. Uh, Tom Holland. Downing Thomas. Tom Holland. It was a huh. I knew it. Yeah, it was. I mean, I was close. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, my favorite Tom is Holland, yeah. when Tom Holland's super heartbroken after his aunt dies, oh, and he goes to the rooftop. And his friends, all they do is just hug him and cry oh with him. Gosh, yeah. That was my favorite. I don't know that they often portray that in movies. <laughs> I love that about you. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so, so true. But I don't know that they often display that. That right there is compassion. And that mm-hmm. is empathy. Mm-hmm. And that is the way you sit with someone. You don't have to say anything. You don't like, it was that just. I'm going to sit here, put my arm around you and cry with you and yeah. let you cry while we hold you. Right. Like, well, I don't know. I, to me, that was my favorite thing. And I was like, yeah, more of that. More well, of that's that. more of that Hollywood. Yeah. That's not surprising to me that you noticed that and you love that. I did too. I felt like that part and the part where they were kind of sharing with him at the very beginning when they first met, like, Hey, it's hard to be Spider-Man basically. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they're empathizing and caring for each other. Yeah. I'm like, well, this little community of Spider-Man, yeah. They're being very vulnerable and real. I like it. Yeah. 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 So I love that they brought that up. Yeah, a, me too. In a big box office movie. Mm-hmm. You're right. I think more of that, please. Yeah. And that the superhero isn't like so stoic and like just going to stuff it because he's so strong. Yeah. <laughs> 
that the strength is in in that display well, of and allowing people into your life. You know, that's we just don't do that very much. Yeah. So this is a really good transition to the sermon today. For sure. And community life. I mean, yeah. like, to become more like Jesus, to be his likeness in the world. Mm-hmm. And today we're talking about... What does that look like? Yeah. And Jesus, the worlds we create, right? And and Jesus, everything that he did, his motivation was out of compassion. Yeah. So, a good Which segue. Which Tom Holland showed. Yeah. So let's keep on talk, talking yeah, about Spider-Man. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. We segued, Kimba. Stop it. All right, we um, yeah. So second ser- second sermon in the series. Uh, can't wait to talk a little bit more about that mm-hmm. after the break. Yeah, yeah, let's do All it. Right. Okay, so this week John is. We're still talking about worlds we create. This is the series we're in. Mm-hmm. And John is looking, his setup is this idea that, you know, words have meanings, right? If we create worlds with the words that we use, then he kind of dives into this idea of like synonyms. Yeah. Antonyms. Which is fun for him. Homonyms. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um but what he lands on is this one called contronyms, which is one word yeah. that um, has opposing meanings, depending on how you're using it, right? So the be first- honest, I'd never heard of this term before, so yeah. I learned a lot here. Yeah. So the first example he uses is the word cleave. Mm-hmm. In scripture, um, it's about bringing two people together. Yes. But you can also use it to tear something apart, to cut something in half. When it's a big metal sharp object. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Right. So So two meanings. Yeah. Two meanings. And so that is his lead in into how the word, get ready for it, Mm. tighten up your laces. Okay. (laughs) Christian can be a contronym. That's right. (laughs) That's what that makes you feel. And not because, not because... The concept is a little bit gross, but because I know in the bottom of my heart Mm. that I am this contronym, right? Yeah, right. So he defines it a contronym as uh, it creates confusion because they are their own antonyms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so then we become these walking, confusing contronyms to the world (laughs) because... If we are small versions of Jesus, which he uses the word Cristiano, right? Which mm-hmm. is little Christs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if we are little Christs, yeah. um, then we would display these concepts of love, uh, joy, mm-hmm. peacemaking, patience, um, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, yeah, self-control, all of those things. And yet... We often live in contradiction of those. Well, contronym sounds like a very nice way to call somebody a hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you contronym. Yeah, yeah. It's calling, he, he is calling out our hypocrisy. Yeah. So I'm going to lay it out on the table yeah. and say, this is me. Yeah. I attempt to live as a little Christ, <laughs> hmm. um, but at a bad day in a bad day or in a moment of maybe pride and lack of dependence on Jesus. I 
carry out with my words and with my actions the opposite of that. So yeah. laying that out from well, here, we move that, forward. I'm so right? glad that you're honest about <laughs> your shortcomings, Aline. And hey, I'm over here and I just so, have so much compassion on you because it must be so hard to be working through those things. And to share that publicly, I mean the courage in that. Oh my gosh. You just, I mean, we just modeled right here why community groups are frightening. Exactly. Yeah? Like, oh, I'm going to put that out there about like my, vul- I'm going to be super vulnerable about my pain and sin. No, yeah. obviously yeah. we're, we're, par- it's a parody of, of unfortunately what we tend to want to do, which is hear somebody be honest. Mm-hmm. And instead of being honest with our, our stuff, say, um, create that wall pops yeah, up yeah. and says, here's a solution. I think here's a solution that could be helpful. So yes, I am absolutely uh, not just empathizing with you, but I'm yeah. shoulder to shoulder with you on <laughs> yeah. just figuring out what does that mean for me to live out of uh, integrity instead of hip- hypocrisy, mm-hmm. right? If I'm mm-hmm. going to be Christ likeness out in the world, man, and then people think that's, that Jesus is... Uh, represented by how I act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even to my own family, like, uh, I was not being Jesus very yeah. well even in the last 24 hours. Man, I think about that all the time, right? The ability to to repent and yeah. ask for forgiveness. That's key, right? Within my household is so important. Yeah, how can we do that? Not just internally, but with the people we love. Yeah. And in, in public. Yeah, uh, boy, I think New Year's is kind of plays into this where we realize where we're our we realize our shortcomings we look towards what we want to be and then we just skip to that mm. and um and some of those things may be like hey it's a, it's like a spiritual goal like i want to read my bible but in that we're we're missing exactly what you've just outlined for us and what i think you have brought up so many times in our podcast and that we talk about a lot which is before we get to the solution-focused mentality, where is it that we need to repent hmm. and really ask God and the Spirit to to work out in us where those broken pieces are just killing us yeah. and continue to kill us? And and um, John kind of talks about creating our own kingdoms where yeah. we're comfortable yeah. and feel safe and uh, in control mm-hmm. and repenting of that. Yeah, I think... Man, it's just so important for us to sit in repentance mm-hmm. and then in the grace. How does that play? I just wonder how that plays out for people. Mm, it, it, yeah. For some people, I'm sure it's like, no, it, it's actually a really beautiful thing. I go to God in repentance daily. For some, maybe more. Yeah. And I'm probably more towards this end. It's like just at the end of my rope and I'm hurting people. I'm like, oh, Lord, I'm just screwing up. I need you. Well, it speaks to that New Year's yeah. Eve or New Year's Day resolution, right? Like yeah. we just kind of pile it all up till then versus <laughs> right. we should maybe have like... New Day's Eve. Every <laughs> I'm going to make a resolution. Oh, that's really good. Today Lina. again. New Day's Eve. Again today. It's yeah. a new day. His yeah. mercies are new every morning. And that's probably because last night that psalmist was pouring out his pain. <laughs> right? Yeah. And that's the beauty of our of repentance. I, because of God's grace, he makes us whole again. Mm-hmm. Not in um, more of us, but more of him. Yeah. So more of Jesus in us. For sure. How about you? Was there any, anything else that really stuck out to you? Yeah. I um, John camps out in Matthew 9, verses um, 35 to 38, I believe is where it ends. 
almost there. Verse 35. Okay. Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. He, he said to his disciples, The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So, pray to the Lord, who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, John um, talks about three things that Jesus did that were important here in these um, Galilean villages. That This mm-hmm. is kind of what defined his ministry, which was to teach the scriptures in their synagogues, um, that he used the words, right, that God had spoken to invite others into God's word. Mm-hmm. He also proclaimed the good news of the kingdom. Um, he just, yeah, he invited everyone into a new life and a new way of living. And lastly, Jesus healed every disease and sickness. Um, that Jesus didn't just um, focus on the spiritual needs, but he also um, took care of the physical needs as well. Mm. And so, that we as followers of Christ, that these are the things that we want to also follow in, right? right. Um, but the key here that uh John camps on is the motivation mm-hmm. behind why Jesus does it, right? And that his motivation was compassion. Yeah. Um, that that is what fueled Jesus's ministry here on earth. And so, yeah, for us, the temptation would be self-righteousness, to be fueled by that and by pride. Yeah. Um, and that that is what leads us into being a contronym when we become a Christian, right? If If we teach his word... Um, we want to do that from a place of compassion that when we proclaim his kingdom to others, the good news of him, that our motivation is from compassion. Um, and that when we, when we work to alleviate the suffering, um, we do that also from a place of compassion. Mm -hmm. Um, and the, the, where it gets tricky for us, John, John points this out is that the people who are receiving this, the people we're going to have compassion on aren't people that we might particularly um, <laughs> see ourselves see see as deserving yeah. or doing the right thing. Um, we might actually maybe even not like them. And so, yeah. if motivation if the motivation isn't compassion, mm. then we're going to start working for our own kingdom, right? We're going to start bringing our own motivations into it, yeah. and we're going to start deciding who deserves it and who doesn't. Yeah. And this is how we become this contronym. Yeah. I wonder if people, whether it's their family, whether it's work, whether it's friends, Mm -hmm. where people have differing views Mm -hmm. and people who you probably love, but you just don't like right now. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's, that would define the day, the soup of the day. (laughs) The soup of the day, right? Like I just don't understand this about this person who I love. Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So how do you move it? The question for us is, how do we move in compassion towards mm. those people that yeah. uh, we're feeling that way towards? And this is the, this is way before we're talking about the people who disagree with us on, on Jesus. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is just the people in here this right now. This is the now. 99. Yeah. Man, there's something that I appreciate a lot about John. Um, I think he is a 
super great example of how he teaches from a place of compassion with mm. eyes of compassion. Right. His desire isn't to beat someone over the head with words. He doesn't take that approach. You can hear that. I mean, in all of his messages yeah. and that requires, man, that requires humility um, because it's easy to get frustrated. So I'm just grateful yeah. for the, for his compassionate heart in the way that he teaches. That's right. I think he's a real student of people's hearts. Yeah. And because of that, he can explain really well why people behave the way they do. And then, and then with that, he never paints it as an us them, does he? Mm-mm. It's like yeah. this is all stuff that we struggle with. This is all stuff where where we want yeah. to move forward in. But he also just even in this message reminds us that in Jesus, there is there is a pathway. There's a there's a way of living where we become like him, where we bring his likeness into the world that actually benefits others you know a lot of the things that we do at across our church is points to saying that it's not about one person it's about shared leadership and i think john really believes that i think that kind of mentality enables us to look at at anybody and say that they could be people who are part of the part of the solution part of the mission of of god you know and so um but we don't necessarily know who those people are so john says pray yeah. <laughs> Pray to God and he will send the workers. He will send the people that we're supposed to partner with. Implicit in that, they may surprise you. The yeah. people that God sends oh, yeah. our way. Uh, and who he sends you to. Yeah. Who sent, yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, okay. So yeah. now we're laying down our kingdoms again, right? Our preconceived notions of who, of who people are, the, the friends and the relationships that we have in our life. Are we willing to, for instance, strain the bonds of friendship in order for us to um, create friendships with new people. Yeah. You know, um, can we trust that friendships that we've had for years will remain our friends, but it might look different yeah. from week to week so that we can create space for people who are looking for community and friendship. That is me talking to my, my to my family and asking yeah. myself, like, how willing are we to do this? Because we, we like our people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, John says something here that, he uh, and I'll quote him right. This the problem isn't that there's no harvest to be brought in. It's that the workers don't want to go out into the fields, mm. and when they do, they don't want to do what Jesus did in the way that he did it. Mm-hmm. The workers want to do it their way for their own petty kingdoms, and I can totally relate mm-hmm. to that. Right, and then he says something else. Right here, it says I'd much rather come to church and learn how to tell sinners off. And then wait around in a comfortable place, speculating about Jesus's return with my friends, mm. then do what Jesus asked me to do out of love and compassion for the people who I think are the problem, because that's much easier and more enriching than going out into the harvest. And I, I mean, I want to, I want us to talk about it, not yeah. because I want it to be like, now this part, guys, y'all should feel bad about, right? <laughs> um, but because I truly believe that when we do that thing, and, and I think that is the trap of church, that is the trap of, the beauty of church is that we, we have a community that creates solidarity for us in our, our desire to pursue Christ and the things that he has called us to, right? Yeah, to bear each other's burdens when we, I mean, while doing so. That is the beautiful. the beautiful, beautiful thing about church. Mm-hmm. The dangerous thing about church is that it can become the self-indulgent tool 
where I get to be with only like-minded people so that I can be affirmed in the ways that I want to be affirmed. Mm -hmm. God says specifically, right, that we gain life by losing it. And when we start to like uh, just hoard away or, you know, stash things away for that, that winter or whatever, just for ourselves to feel good and to feel safe and pad ourselves with the things that make us comfortable. Mm -hmm. We actually start losing in the fulfillment that Jesus brings by sacrificing. And that sounds discomforting for sure. But I really, really truly believe that that is where we meet fulfillment in Jesus. That is where he becomes enough. Mm -hmm. And so that's why it's important to talk about it. It is important. And it begs for Mm self-examination. This is true of all of us to a degree. Is it simply that I don't want to be hassled or is there... Mm -hmm like a, a real fear, those two can be held hand in hand. I think yeah. I, I experience both. Sometimes I just don't want to be hassled yeah. with, uh, with people who, who aren't like me. But also there's some, like, how do I enter into that well without hurting people? Yeah. How, there, there, so there can be both, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. But the bottom line is when we get to the place where we can say, I'm willing, I'm mm-hmm. willing, Jesus, to go in this direction, whether I, I don't want to be hassled or I'm, I'm fearful. It ends up in the place that you just described, which is like God and his kingdom and who he is becomes more important to us than ever. Uh, I don't know. We just look, we just become more vital Christians because we depend on him so much. What you're describing sounds a lot like not knowing. Hmm. Like I am, I'm fearful of, of possibly hurting people and not doing it well. Right. And at times I'm also just, I just don't want the discomfort. I don't want to be hassled. I don't want right. the rejection. I don't want to deal with all that comes from that. Or just the the ugliness that, that comes from sin. Like yeah. it is it is ugly and evil and painful. And that's, mm-hmm. I'd rather avert my eyes 100%. Yeah, yeah. And so that, that discomfort is part of it. And, and we won't be experts in it and we won't know. And I think from situation to situation, how do I, how do I manage this, a relationship with someone that's, that's difficult or how do I, mm-hmm. I won't know. And the, that, and you said it, right? Like it's that dependence on Jesus. It actually means me acknowledging that I don't know. Yeah. And, and coming to him and saying, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to do in this situation, but I trust you. And I'm going to keep moving forward with you being my ground, right? Yeah. Instead of I need to I need to wait until I really know everything yeah. in order to move forward, or I'm just going to freeze and not move forward at all ever, mm-hmm. or I'm just going to plow through the way that I think is best, and I'll yeah. consult you later, Jesus. That's so true. I mean, it's like when I, I think we have the wrong idea sometimes of counting the cost. Like we use that in terms of like, I want to count the cost so that I have zero risk. Mm-hmm. No, I think you got to count the cost and realize you're going to move forward in obedience mm-hmm. while risking. I mean, look at Abraham, pick your stuff up. You're leaving. Yeah. You're going, I'm going to give you this place. I'm not telling you where, yeah. not telling you when, just go. And yeah. uh, I'll tell you kind of, daily we'll you know it's just it's good and by the oh. way you're probably gonna have this weird family relationship and you guys are gonna have to divide the land you'll, you're you'll not, figure it out and you're, you're gonna not gonna, gonna listen to me so you're gonna make a bunch of blunders along the way <laughs> but but i mean 
that's uncomfortable. We, and as human beings, we like to have the plan. We like to have the end goal and the itinerary and the schedule because then we can, you know, be in a little bit in control. And I think that's, it's just, that's just opposite. And not, not that we don't plan and not that we don't. Sure. It's part of it. Manage our resources in the best way possible. Yeah. But so much to following Christ is uh, not having the exact answer and just trusting and asking him to provide and waiting for him to provide by the moment. I think if you can even look at it financially, and I'm not speaking specifically to our 401ks, right? But if we invest right now in somebody's life and money, (laughs) give them money that we could be investing in our own 401k mm-hmm. 20 years from now I'm not yeah. going to have as much money <laughs> I mean this is very simple stuff right? right but what did that do in the life of the person mm-hmm. the risk is that it was a blip in their life and yeah. maybe helped them for a little bit but the reward yeah. potentially is a, a lifelong relationship mm-hmm. and a, a care for somebody who's who just needed to see Jesus yeah in the light, the likeness of Jesus in me, right? So, I think for most people, we need to learn to um, move towards risk, yeah, a bit more in our relationships and in our investments, yeah, for sure. Time, money, time. yeah, and, and I think so much of that is when our identity is secure in Him that we truly depend on Him for the fulfillment of who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, that risk becomes less like a wild card. Right. I'm not expecting you to respond in the way that will make me feel safe, but I trust my safety in him. And so regardless of how you respond, it even makes room for a poor response from someone, the rejection or the, um, yeah. Yeah. Ridicule. I don't know. Like <laughs> lots of fears. <laughs> That's true. I or mean, false accusations, right? Like uh, of mm. of not loving, and maybe there's truth in some of that, right? Like maybe mm-hmm. it's facing even the reality of maybe I don't love as well as I think I love. Yeah. Um, maybe you are right in that, and then that would call me to repentance again, and I don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, John ends with these application points um, that we learn from Jesus to live like Jesus that in order to do that, we, we must prioritize spending time with him um, and others that we see are becoming more like him every day, right? So that the pursuit of Jesus is essential to knowing him, thinking like him, and feeling compassion like he does. The other application point is to see people like Jesus saw them, um, that even though he did engage quite severely with people, the people who believed that they were righteous because they were religious from human motivations that um, the people that were actually lost, Jesus was known as the friend of sinners. Um, So seeing people like he saw them, right? Again, compassion being, being the motivation. Um, And then last one is to ask for his help, not only his blessing. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think this speaks to this piece of a little bit of our, our daily dependence on him of, we want the plan. We want the itinerary. And yet, um, that's we don't make the plan and then ask him to bless it. We right. we ask him, "What do you want right now? How mm-hmm. do I do this today? How 
help, help me. And with that, <laughs> help what me. do I give up so that I can help, so that yeah. I, I can receive your help? Yeah, that it's not yes. out of our strength. Um, it's yeah. actually that weakness right there displayed of, I don't know how, help me. Yeah. That allows his strength to come through. And the conviction of, oh, oh, you mean it's not my morality and my standards yeah. that I should be placing on, on others? <laughs> right, yeah. It's yours. Yeah. Yeah. It frees us up. It safeguards us, honestly, against that self-righteousness and, mm-hmm. and judgment we want to hold others to. Hey, BJ, how about after the break, we talk a little bit about where we see the gospel that leading us to action. Sounds good. All right, welcome back. Yeah. Hey, that was a good discussion. Thanks, Alina. Yeah, yeah. So, of course, um, the gospel leads us to action. That's what we say about our podcast. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> it's sometimes not the fun part, right? Because you're like, oh. What is it that we're asking? What do we feel that Jesus is asking us to step into with him? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I think so. I think okay. um, all of these things are super good, these application pieces, right? I think spending time with Jesus is is huge not just to gain knowledge or information, but to just learn the rhythms of somebody. They come by by reading scripture, right? By 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 listening, by studying somebody, by um but even just the the practice of acknowledging his presence. Yeah. Um I think that's that's huge. And I think I, I mean I like those things, right? Um mm-hmm. And I think I can most of the time poise myself to see people like Jesus saw them. Um, and all that can super, just be internal, right? That A lot of that can stay within me. Um, but I think where it gets tricky is the, the living it out. Um, and I am convicted about how I think, I mean, I think at all times I will be a contronym. Yeah. <laughs> Um, because even on my best day, I am not Jesus. Hmm. Um, I have to remind myself of that. Yeah. And even on my best day, I need him to rescue me. So I think this, this piece of asking for help, um, I think first and foremost, what I'd like to do is set some time aside in the next day or two. Um, I know I have some time tomorrow. That's. Where I, where I can be alone, yeah. um, and I think it really is coming and just maybe just weeping before Jesus um, in just acknowledgement of how I I do live at times in contradiction. Right, I one minute I mean John had this passage last week in James. Right, one minute there's blessings or or worship or. Yeah, words that <laughs> speak of God's goodness coming out of my mouth and then there will be curses coming out of it. And I don't mean like curse words, right? But just things that are in a opposition that aren't loving, that aren't full of grace, um, um, yeah. that are self-seeking, that are, yeah, and they're both pouring out of my mouth. Yeah. I have to, I want to cry about that, right? Yeah. I want to, that's the contrast you're talking about. Yeah, I want to come before him and 
And how does this play out? First in my home, right, with my children and, and my husband. Um, and then how does that extend further out and, and as those circles keep widening, right? Um, so I don't know, just taking the time to be really transparent with Jesus. I know that he sees all of that, but I'm not always forthcoming with it. So just the practice of laying it all out um, and just really asking for for his help in yeah, learning to really trust in him by the moment, learning how to depend on him by the moment, learning how to turn away from pride and really lean into the humility that is required to to live in dependence of him. Mm. So, yeah. Well, I would like to listen back on what you just said and adopt that as my own application because I need to do all those things, Aline. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that the right application for me, as I, as you were talking, thanks for going first because it gave me a, a couple sure, minutes to kind yeah. of think of it through. Uh, I think I, there's just a couple conversations I need to have. Yeah. Yeah, that I've been avoiding and just a little bit more of the hassle yeah, piece of it. Yeah, like, um, for sure. But also a bit of fear as to how to approach it in a way. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, I think uh, approach it in a way that is helpful and that doesn't harm them. But also I think there's some self-protection there. I don't want to be harmed, right. you know, in sharing. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I just think of that second application let me get my readers yeah um that second application see people like jesus saw them mm. before i had these conversations with them i want to really take some time to pray mm. and and say jesus can you help me understand their heart yeah because you're a friend to them at the same time as i want to be a friend to them yeah, I, yeah. I, so I, I want to be the kind of friend that you are to them and so you see them in a way that i can't right yeah. now because of just sure. our relationship or whatever, lack of communication. Um, prepare my heart for the conversation. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I do that enough to say, Jesus, I know that you're, I, I you know, I, I sometimes use the Christian, um, Christianese of like, Jesus, go before me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But really to ask Jesus, like, you know, this person mm-hmm. so well, what insight, what can you do to help me? Yeah. In this? So, um, so twofold. Yeah. To actually, to actually make a plan as to how those conversations could come about, the best setting and environment and time, mm-hmm. but also to be in prayer mm-hmm. and to speak to Jesus about His heart for for these people. Yeah, that's yeah, that's good. I think we don't do that enough. Yeah, we we really do approach things as experts or as already knowing. Here's the stuff I know. Yeah. And with the little that I know. I must be right. I must be right. And I can create a whole game plan around yeah. it. Yeah. And it must serve me. Mm. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Aline. Yeah. It is good to see you again. Good to see good you to too. Chat. Yeah. And uh, man, so next week, we John will be wrapping up this series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, just want to give people a heads up. Like hey, a lot of the stuff we talked about today, community. Yeah. Being community. Alina and I, if you're at BCC, we're always at the start here corner. Uh, and um, we would love to chat with you about mm-hmm. what taking a step into like relationship and community and friendship yeah. looks like at BCC. I know that's the, it can be difficult and scary. Yeah, it's a risk. We talk about it up front on Sundays and my announcements that I love to do. <laughs> oh my gosh. But it always feels like it, it's very much a commercial. 
from my heart, I would love, yeah, Alina would love to talk to you about finding relationships here and know that yeah. you're not alone. Yeah. So sure. we are launching the week of January 16th. And uh, so there's a few options you can find on the Community Life page, okay? Yeah. You guys check it out. There's the commercial. Yeah. Well, it was a heartfelt. It was, was it heartfelt? Did it feel heartfelt? Yeah, it was heartfelt. Like you could feel, feel I could feel beating. it. Yeah, yeah. Over here. <laughs> All right, guys. We look forward to next week. Talk to you then. Yeah. See you see, next week. See you next Thanks week, PJ. Time. Yeah, it was great.